Message number two in our series in kinks. I'm excited about this message. We're looking at things that bottleneck us in our walks with God. Last week, we went to the source and realized that our hearts need to be tenderized. In order for that to happen, we have to draw ourselves back and fall back in love with the Savior who saved us. And hopefully this past week was reflective for you as you went to those areas and say, God, this is when I know that I've drifted. And so today we're going to look at another kink. And sometimes when this kink gets surfaced, uh, people get a little squirmy in their seats and, and, and it's like, oh no, I have to reevaluate. But I'm convinced that this kink, uh, if we get this one together, this kink in our lives that bottlenecks all that we can be for Jesus Christ, all that we can be. If we get this one down, then it changes everything. I'm convinced that we could be the most disciplined people in the world in reading the word of God and studying and praying and, and serving. Yet sometimes this, this area here is an area that gets deprioritized. And it's like, well, I don't have time for this one. And, and I, I'm going to ask you to receive this in a humble way today. I'm going to ask you to ask the Holy Spirit to say, Holy Spirit, show me in my life where I need to receive this. And may I apply this so that I can be all that I want to be. And today's kink we're going to address, it's a matter of health. We replaced her for a great purpose, and we've been given a very short time. When you really think about the time that, of life expectancy that most people live, it's very short compared to infinity. It's very short compared to eternity. Yet this time that we have in our life impacts so much of what happens when we spend eternity with God in the new heaven and the new earth. And so this time that we've been given us is very short number-wise and years-wise. But the impact it has changes eternity forever. And if we live to the potential crisis made us to live, it changes everything. The Bible is full of verses telling us to give our lives away and, and for to live in a way that makes him look good and to glorify him. Bible also talks about time. Loaded with passages on time. Ephesians 5, 16 encourage us to redeem. Be careful how we live and to redeem the time, making the most of every opportunity. There's this sense that God says, there's a sense of urgency in our lives and you and I need to live with the urgency that today could be the last day. Something could happen to us today that could change everything. Have we lived to this point in a way in which pleases God? And so there's a sense of making, making every opportunity important and seizing it. Colossians 3.23, that my daughter is a verse that she likes and has posted on her Facebook wall. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord and not for men whether that's an, a, a sport, whether that's work, or whether that's play, or whether that's a, being a husband or a wife or a son or daughter, whether that's helping your neighbor, whatever you do, whether it's raking leaves and whether it's cleaning your toilet, whatever it is, work as if you're working for God and not for men. I want to make the greatest impact, and I know you do, or you wouldn't be here today. I want us to make the greatest impact that I can make while I'm on this earth. I don't want to fall short, nor do I want you to fall short of the expectation that Christ has placed on it. Now think about that for a second. God would never place more expectations on you than he thought you could do. And some of us need to bump it up. Some of us need to move up to those, that level that we're not even real, we, haven't even, we haven't even touched and, and, and maybe even thought we could do that. Yet God has many plans for our lives and this kink this kink of health really limits us. So I'm going to ask you to be really, really honest like you were last week with yourself. And I, I'm going to ask you to consider, are there areas in my life in the area of health that I need to resolve today? I can't wait another day. 
most of you know I'm a father. I'm a father of a son who's a freshman at Grace College. And I'm a father of a junior daughter at Fairfield High School. And I'm a father of a son who's 11 years old at New Paris Elementary. And I'm a husband and my wife of 22 years. And one of my desires is to be the best husband and father that I can be. And so it's like I'm doing the math. You know, so I, my, my, my family loves athletics. And that's a, a way that we enjoy spending time and I've spent a lot of time on a basketball court and coaching basketball, coached the high school team and, and even played in an adult league yesterday. And, and I love athletics and, and I have boys and daughters or daughter that enjoys athletics and a wife that does too. And so we love doing things that involve sports. And so I was doing the math thing. Isaiah's 11 when he's 18, a senior in high school. It's seven years from now, it'll be 49 in January. It's 56. That means I have until 56 to go on the basketball court with my 18 year old son and have him do what my 18-year-old son does to me now on the basketball court, beat up on me. But I, I want to be able to play, and I want to be able to, to, to run in the backyard and throw, and I want to be able to run and have a quality life with my wife. I don't want for us to have that n- empty nest syndrome and we're couch potatoes, and, and I don't give her a good quality of life uh, and enjoyment. And Plus, there's so much the Savior wants me to do in my age. I'm convinced that... that that God wants me to work and serve him until I breathe my last breath and, and serve at the greatest capacity that is. And I don't want to limit that by health choices that I've made. I also want to be the best pastor that I can potentially be. And as I stand here today, I don't want choices that I've made in the area of health to limit me being the best pastor possible that, that you could have. I really want to give it my best shot for Jesus while I'm here. And I long for you to want the same thing. Probably one of the biggest kinks, if we're really honest, is the area of health. We live with depleted energy. We live our lives, we're tired, we're sluggish, we're lethargic, and we wonder why. And it's an energy crisis. Literally, it's an energy crisis. We don't have energy to do what we're supposed to do. And so there's certain time periods that after a while, if you don't have the miles in a silo, if you've ever run, I'm a runner, and my daughter's a cross-country runner, that this theory out there, you put as many miles in a silo, you have something to bank on. And if you don't have miles in a silo, you have no reserve. And so many of us are running on empty, and we wonder why we feel so sluggish in our world serving God. And so there's energy depletion in our lives. So what does the world do? The world makes these products that gives us energy. I mean, think about, I got these this morning. There's all kinds of products out there. There's monster drinks and you know what they are? They're energy drinks. They're called low carb monster energy. And then, I mean, you don't have to look very far. There's all kinds of, and I was looking at them this morning. There's even amp energy drink. Dale Earnhardt Jr., that's his sponsor. If you're a NASCAR fan, he might need to pour some of that in his gas tank or give it to his pit crew. I don't know, but <laughs> amp energy drink. That somehow you drink this and it gives you the energy that you need to, 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 to get to where you're supposed to be. I mean, I pulled this off in the, the, the store this morning. It's called Full Throttle Energy Drink. Full, uh, it says uh, full berry and flavored gives you four to five hours of, of burst of energy. I mean, there's some that we're even more familiar with. There's, there's Red Bull. This is even sugar-free. Like, well, great, that's great. Drink as much as you can, sugar-free. I mean, somehow it gives you a boost of, of four hours. And so today, literally, I have, I have decided that I'm going to drink some of these energy drinks for three services and just see what it does to me. <laughs> you ought to come back at the third service today. I, I'm a, I don't drink any pop. I'm a person who drinks no pop. And, if you, and what I drink are juices and I drink sports drinks and water. And so I haven't had pop for four and a half years, almost five years. And so I, I, 
Before today, I never drank one of these drinks. And so the first service, I, woo, I began drinking some of these. And so this is supposed to give you a boost. Wow. It's supposed to do something for you. We'll see what it does for me after three services today. <laughs> so don't call my house like at 1.30 when I crash you on the other end of all this. But it's, uh, it's supposed to boost you because it's an artificial way for us to get energy, isn't it? Shouldn't we drink these things? Or there's little four-hour drinks my son was telling me about today. But... I also let you know ahead of time this stuff makes me belch. I don't drink pop. So, <laughs> hey, I'm a human being, okay? And so I apologize before if you see me go, it's just that it's done it to me in the first service and they'll do it again. So is this the answer? Grabbing some more energy drink, grabbing a monster and, and, and drink this down so that you can perform better in the classroom at college, at Goshen College, so you can sit there and be awake at two o'clock in the afternoon, so you can shoot a hoop better. So you can run better, so you can hit a volleyball better. Is, that, is, this, is this the answer, or is this the answer to a, a meeting, at, at the business that you're at? Is this the answer to uh, being awake at 6 o'clock in the evening when you come home from work? This stuff is making my eyes flutter right now. <laughs> but I don't put that stuff in my body. And, and, and I want you to think about, is that your substitute for energy? Grab your Bibles today, and we're going to address this issue of energy, of depletion that we see in our world, and turn to Psalm chapter 139. If you need a Bible, hold your hand up. Ushers will be glad to put one in your hand. There is a real energy crisis in our world today. There really is. There's an energy crisis with human beings. We are lethargic. We're sluggish. We find ourselves operating way below the physical potential we should, which affects the emotional, the spiritual, the mental, the psychological. And so we have human beings who walk through this world who are, who are incredibly uh, made. In fact, turn to Psalm 139. Look at Psalm 139 and look at verse 13. There's this passage of scripture that jumps out right in the middle of our Bibles. And it's this David just talking about how we were knit and how we were made, and how God knew our thoughts before we were formed. And Turn to Psalm 139 and verse 13. Stand and we'll read these two verses together today. It's a good reminder, thinking about who we are. Psalm 139, verses 13 and 14. Let's read this together. Psalm 139, verses 13 and 14. Ready? Read. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. Let's read that again. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. You may have a seat. So truth be known, we are incredibly made. We're fearfully and wonderfully made. Have you ever just taken a pause and say, I'm going to pause back away and just think about how I'm made. And when you begin to ponder the thoughts of how the human body works, you know there's a God. There's no way that some bang made this happen. And it's just an amazing fact of, and this week I began to type in some facts that I came across about the human body. David tried to say it in, in, in his words. And here's some facts about the human body. Just listen to the, some facts about the human body. More than half the bones in the human body are in the hands and feet. The heart beats at about 3 billion times in the average person's lifetime. A newborn baby has 350 bones, 
But a fully grown adult has only 206. It's an interesting statistic there. Blood is a liquid organ. Every one of us are colorblind at birth. Food will get to your stomach even if you're standing on your head. The average adult is made up of 100 trillion cells. The cornea, the outermost layer of the eye, is the only living tissue in the human body without blood vessels. It receives nutrients from tears and from the aqueous humor. The total length of your circulatory system stretches an amazing 60,000 miles. That's more than twice the distance around the earth. Except for your brain cells, 50 million of the cells in your body will have died and been repaired with others all while me reading this sentence. Your heart beats about 100,000 times in one day and about 40 million times a year. In one hour, the heart works hard enough to produce enough energy to raise almost one ton of weight one yard from the ground. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. Messages travel along the nerves as an electrical impulse. They travel at speeds up to 248 miles per hour. Our eyes can distinguish up to 1 million color surfaces and take in more information than the largest telescope known to man. When we touch something, we send a message to our brain at 124 miles. Don't go there. That quick. 124 miles. We exercise at least 30 muscles when we smile. This just smile. <laughs> Work out your muscles. We are about 70% water. The average life of a taste bud is 10 days. Praise God for that after three services today. <laughs> Our bodies contain enough water to fill a 10-gallon tank. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. People blink once every four seconds. That's because the eyelashes act as windscreen wipers, cleaning dust, grime from getting into the eye itself. Go ahead and hold it for five seconds. I know you want to, just to beat the odds. <laughs> a person has two-thirds of their liver. If a person has two-thirds of their liver removed from trauma or injury, two-thirds. It will grow back to its original size in four weeks' time. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. It's normal to lose 100 hairs per day from the scalp, and some have lost more, 100 hairs. But we are fearfully and wonderfully made. With that being said, God has designed us with capacities of energy, God has created the human body so that it functions better when we're at our best. And if we want to be all that Christ wants us to be, we need to think about this health element in our life, this kink potentially in our lives. You and I have an opportunity to make a difference in this world for Jesus. Truth be known, when we are at our best and are able to accomplish more than we think we can, it's when the energy level is where it's supposed to be. And when it's not, we're weak, sluggish, lethargic, ready to break down in a moment's notice. If we truly want to be all that Jesus wants us to be, then seriously, church, hear me today. Hear this, Jim. We must have healthy bodies. What if, now think about this. What if the only thing that limited you from being all you could be was truly talent and skill? What if? 
all that you're supposed to be, the only thing that limited you from accomplishing whatever that task is in front of you was truly talent and skill that God himself had given you that works through. What if that was the only thing that limited us in this world instead of all these other things, these peripheral decisions, these health issues in our lives? What if the only thing that stopped us was skill and talent? Imagine how we could operate and function and make a difference in this kingdom for Jesus Christ. I mean, what if we had task in front of us and nothing stopped us but our skill set, our talent set? If nothing else, truth be known, that's not the case for most. We're out of shape. We're we're tired. We have foggy minds at six o'clock in the afternoon or six o'clock in the morning. We're lethargic and we punch out of work and we go home. We wonder why we're so tired. And all we want to do is eat a meal and, and grab a remote control and veg for the evening because we have no energy left. And so we've, we've lived this life that God has given us. And we said, the best I can live is the eight hours I'm at work. And even then you're not giving your best because your body isn't where it should be. It's missing energy. And all this stuff happens because of the choices we've made. The major reason we can't do some of the things we want to do is because of a lack of energy. And so you know what we do? Let's go to the supermarket. Let's go to the the gas station. Let's buy another monster. Let's get us through the day. That'll be enough energy to get me through this, get me through that. And we use this artificial supplements when our bodies are fearfully and wonderfully made. And God said there are ways to, to put this energy back in us and for us to function where Jesus wants us to. Let me clarify something quickly, lest you, you, you mishear me. This has nothing to do with body size. Nothing to do with body size. I know some of the fittest people in the world, and you, and you must say, wow, and the reason they're the fittest is because they have this routine in their life. And you can also look at someone and say, well, that's, that person, they really look fit. And when the reality, they couldn't run up and down or around this track three times. Their bodies might look fit, but they're not fit. It doesn't have anything to do with body size. It's what we do inside our bodies. You see, somewhere along the road, you and I have believed this lie. And I'm telling you, you'll believe it when you leave here today. You'll make a choice when you leave here today. I don't have time to get a meal, so I'm going there and I'm getting this. I don't have time to do this because I got this on the schedule. And so you've made this choice. And let me tell you, it gets harder as you age. Someone said recently, well, Jim, you just exercise all the time. Let me tell you, it's a choice every week that I have to make. I can't bank on what decision I made 10 years ago or 15 years ago, nor can you. It's hard work. But isn't everything else in life hard work? Let me clarify something again. You and I have a decision to make today. Do we want to be everything that Christ intended us to be? Or are you letting... The choices you've made in the area of health limit how you can make an impact on the world. How deep is your well of energy? We need a good energy source to power the goods, the the power of this body. We need something that powers us, that makes us, plugs us into the source. God has given us a brilliant operating system. What if the only thing that limited us was our talents and our skill package? but we lack power to operate at full capacity. It's like, you ever had a laptop? We have one of these at home. It's an older laptop that we use and it's at home. You open it up and it says battery life, 17 minutes. 
17 minutes. You can barely get it open and the light comes on low battery. And so there you are, you have a decision to make. Will I do this word processing as fast as I can? Will I surf the internet while it's unplugged? And so you're racing through it. I got to get it done before, before I get too tired, before it runs out of energy. And, some, and for some who have that kind of laptop, it's like, well, the cord's across the, 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 the front room. I could go there and get the cord, but you're too tired to run across the room to get the cord, to plug it in. It's this picture of depleted energy all across. And so the warning light is blinking low, low on energy, low, low, five minutes, three minutes, one minute, crash. Meanwhile, all we have to do is tap into the power source, take the plug, plug it into the laptop, recharge the battery, keep it plugged in so that we can operate at the level that it's intended to operate at. Some of us are so wiped out that at the end of a work day, the only thing we want to do is go home and sleep. And we have children at home and a wife at home or a husband at home or ministry opportunities or neighbors who need help with their yard work or friends that want to meet and just spend life together. And some of us are so wiped out because of the poor health choices we made that we don't even have energy enough to walk out into the yard and engage in a conversation. Some of us can hardly stay alert during meetings after two o'clock in the afternoon because of a lack of energy. Some of us fall... fall apart quickly at any kind of adversity in our life. I will show you a person who doesn't have a good health plan. They could be, they could be digging into God's word. And we talked about that last word, digging, digging and discipline. Yet you don't have energy to sustain what you're learning and how you're growing. And so you got to work at this kink in order so you can take this knowledge and use it for Jesus. And the reason we can't stay awake at these meetings and the reason that we're low and sluggish and we fall asleep, it's because you're not at your best. And so emotionally, you're, you're on the edge all the time. And this little thing comes and triggers like, and someone else is facing the same thing that you're facing. And you'll watch this person respond, well, God's in control and, and it's gonna be really, really difficult. And it's probably more than I can handle, but I'm giving it to God and someone else faced the same thing and they fall apart. And you know why that is? It's a health issue. It's because we haven't re, re, put more energy back inside of us. We need to increase our capacities for energy. I want you to turn to Luke chapter 2. Let's get an example of someone who did it. And I know right now, some of you are checking out. Please, don't check out with this message. Because you might check out this week because of a heart attack. You might check out this week because of a stroke. You might be diagnosed with diabetes because of poor health choices that you've made. Please don't check out. Please don't check out. This goes to all ages. It can begin when you're a junior high and it can work through your whole life, the choices that you make. I always like to go to Luke chapter 2 and verse 52 because if you want an example, let's take a look at our Savior. And it says this in Luke chapter 2 and verse 52. Jesus grew in what? Wisdom. Okay. This is a great way. You want to set some goals? Here's four areas. One area, wisdom, knowledge. He, he continued to grow. So set some goals in your life and wisdom and your ability to grow and learn. So every year I come back to this verse and I set goals in four areas of my life. One's an area of knowledge. I'm going to read this. I'm going to study this. I'm going to go to this conference. I'm going to sit under this teaching. I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to give me new discernment. I'm going to ask for wisdom. And then the next, Jesus grew in wisdom and what? So what's stature? Does that mean? Stature is health. 
The, the God-man himself who walked on earth thought it important enough to grow in stature. Jesus himself grew in health. Well, how did he do that? Now think about it. Jesus walked everywhere. Everywhere he went, he walked. And we're going to show you later in this passage what else he did while he walked. But Jesus was in tip-top condition. And he knew that his body was fearfully and wonderfully made. Some of us can't even walk across a department store that have not need to sit down. And Jesus walked everywhere. And you look at scripture, he took times to fast and he took times to pray and he took time to, to eat correctly. Nutrition was a, a big part of his life. He also grew in favor with God in another area. Set a goal in my relationship with God, time alone, time with him, time in his word. And he grew in area with men. Set, an area, set a goal in your life in relationships with other people, mentoring, leading people to Christ and spending time and in investing in others. Four areas. But Jesus grew in stature. Let me share some amazing things about body. You and I can increase our capacity for energy by more than taking a drink monster. Wow. We can do it more than taking a drink from monster. body fearfully and wonderfully made. Our bodies produce two hormones. Significant the whole health issue today. Just listen. This is fascinating stuff about our bodies. Our bodies, my body, body produces hormones. One hormone is catecholamine. This, this hormone is the challenge fight response in us. It's the hormone that's released. When something comes our way, we challenge and we up and we fight back. It's like this, this, this hormone that rises to the surface when we need it most, when everyone else is falling aside in a meeting, when everyone else says we can't do it. It's this fight response that comes out of us. Our body also produces a hormone called cortisol. It's a fear response. And so God has fearfully and wonderfully made our bodies to produce two hormones. One is a challenge and a, and a fight response. Another response is a fear response. And so when adversity comes our way, we respond according to our energy levels. So think about that. Are you often a person who's just negative and it's like, wow, this is overwhelming. And, and you, you see someone else like, well, we're, we're going to do this. What's the response that comes out of you? We can actually control that by the way we feed our bodies, the way we live our lives. What are some ways to, to raise the level of energy for catecholamines? Exercise gives you more energy. Now listen to me. This is more than playing dodgeball twice a week. This is more than croquet in the backyard. This is more than, hey, I'll meet you on a Wednesday morning to play ball. This is more. That kind of stuff comes after the exercise. It's more than, 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 than this one-time event that you put on your calendar and you go and do it. It's exercise getting to you to the point of being able to be at your best. And when we have a regular pattern of exercise, our bodies produce catecholamines. Now, just think about it. Do you know people? Seems like they always have so much energy. And then you see someone who's always depleted, tired, worn out at five o'clock, at six o'clock in the morning. And you see their life and you're saying, man, all you need is a health plan. And with God's help in your life and all the other, you get the spiritual in order and the, also get the physical in order. So what is your exercise plan? Be really honest with yourself right now. What is it? What's your exercise plan? Well, I walk from here to the cafeteria at work every day. And I eat, and I make sure I walk back quickly. What is your exercise plan? Well, 
I go to the job site and I drive to the job site and I got to walk sometimes a half a mile. And you know what I do? I go down there and stand and I talk and I walk back. That's my exercise plan. Listen to me. Are you a person who falls asleep in meetings? Listen to me. You want to outthink people? You want to be at the capacity and the skill and the talent level that God has designed you to be? Then we must have our energy levels to the point where God has made them to be. You see, I think too much is at stake. Too much is at stake because we're handed these difficult things every day in our lives and our marriages and relationships and family and business. I will show you sharp Christians who are digging into God's word, who are spending time with him and who also have a great health plan. They will outthink and outsmart a person who doesn't have a health plan in their life. And why is that? Because their catecholamines are off the charts. It's full. Think about it. How often do you have these things handed to you and you have to think on your feet? Someone asks you a question. Pray for wisdom. God gives you that wisdom. James tells us to ask for wisdom. But what about just physical ability to think clearly? Some of us are so fuzzy at meetings and we need answers for vision for our businesses. And, and, and then I wonder when I look across the landscape, is that the reason that limits so many ministries and so many homes and so many marriages because they're not healthy physically? I got to believe it factors in. You must be intentional about this. Come on, be honest. What's your health plan? What is your exercise plan? Are you squirming in the seat? What regular exercise plan have you had since PE in high school? Yeah, I heard that. <laughs> Let me tell you, I, I don't tell you stuff to, to t- try to manipulate and put guilt on you. I believe that God has made us in a fearful and a wonderful way. And there's so much more we could do for him if we really got this one nailed down. But the problem is we deprioritize healthy lifestyles. 25 years ago in a college class at Grace College, I had a professor in healthy lifestyles. 25 years ago. And I'll say, this, I'm not the brightest kid on the block, but he told me, he said, you know what, class, Jim, he was speaking to everyone. He said, your heart is a muscle. Now, I, under, I knew it was a muscle, but I never really thought about that you could, you could make it bigger and stronger. You know, physically, you can look at other muscles in your body. If you work them, they get bigger and stronger. And he said, your heart is a muscle. You can make it stronger. And if you work that heart muscle, you know what he said, Jim, and to the rest of the class? He said, you don't have to make it work as hard. And so if your heart is healthy, it beats less. And if your heart beats less, it lasts longer than someone who beats like this. And so I sat in that class and it was like, this light bulb went off. I'm serious. It was sitting there and I was athletic. I'd played sports all the way through high school. Had went, I had spent almost all my time in sports. And so I was fit, but I really didn't have an exercise plan because I was relying on my youth and relying on being young. 25 years ago, I made a decision that I would put institute a regular exercise routine in my life. Now, there's been times it's been good, really good, not so good. But for 25 years, I've exercised. Let me tell you something. I don't tell you that to just blow smoke or just, you know, look at Jim. I want to do that because God has given me a chance to live on this earth, and I don't want to waste it. And I want to be the best pastor that I can be and the best husband and the best father and the best man and the best brother and the best friend. And when my energy levels are where, they're sh- where they should be, it helps me. What is your exercise plan? 
Secondly, I know this to be true regarding our health. You and I need a built-in recovery system. This is fascinating. I want you to turn to Luke chapter 5. We need a built-in recovery system. Luke chapter 5. Look at verse 12. Luke chapter 5 and verse 12. Go back to the example of Jesus. Did he have a recovery system built in? You bet he did. Luke chapter 5 and verse 12 says this. While Jesus was in one of the towns, a man came along who was covered with leprosy. When he saw Jesus, he fell with his face to the ground and begged him, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. He says, I am what? Willing. Be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. Then Jesus ordered him. Don't tell anyone, but go show yourself to a priest and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. Yet the news about him spread all the more. So the crowds of people came to hear him and to be healed of their sicknesses. Now stop right there before we go to 16. Everywhere Jesus went, because he was a master healer, a master preacher, a master communicator, and he knew truth. And so People wanted his time. They wanted to touch his, his robe and they, they, they clung to him. So everywhere he went, mobs of people would follow. You got to go listen to this man because what he says is, is true and he's, he goes right to the heart. And so thousands of people would follow him. And so he constantly had people around him wanting his time. And in order for him to be at his best, look what it says in verse 16. But Jesus often did what? What's the word? Withdrew to what kind of places? Lonely places and did what? Prayed. Look again. But Jesus often did what? What's the word? Withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Here's the picture. Jesus recovery system. Work, 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 work. Serve, 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 serve. You know what he did? He withdrew all through the New Testament. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Jesus went to the mountaintop. Jesus was in the midst of them. And then he just disappeared. Where was he at? He left. He withdrew. He would often walk to these places, get his exercise in, and he would withdraw and pray and charge back up. And then he was ready to go back at it. Look at Luke chapter 9 and verse 10. You could find dozens of verses saying this. They're all through the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Look at Luke chapter 9 and verse 10. When the apostles, Luke 9 and verse 10, when the apostles returned, they reported to Jesus what they had done. Then he took them with him and they, what? Withdrew. With whom? By themselves. To a town called Bethsaida. Even Jesus said, hey, we got to get away. Guys, we need to recover. So I often picture, what was it like for Jesus? There's no doubt in my mind when he walked from town to town, when you pull away, he had to go from ministry to just life and hanging out with men. And I'm sure they told jokes along the way and played king of the hill and raced to the top of a mountain and got into to all kinds of, uh, of fun things along the way. He, he allowed the time between the transition from ministry to ministry to ministry to be life with men. And he withdrew to recharge himself. Do you have a recovery system in your life? Or it's just the same thing every day, every day, every day. And you wonder why you're like this. Have you ever seen those little string toys? They're plastic and you push and there's string inside and they go like this and you hit the button and they go like this. And 
It's kind of like this. Some of us are just like this. We need somebody to, to let go of the button so we can get back up. It's this picture. Our posture is a picture of, of those string toys. What's your recovery system? We must recover to replenish the energy that's been used. Not only do we need a good health plan, but we need a good recovery plan. We have some ATVs in our garage that we like to ride. And the batteries in ATVs are notorious for draining themselves. And so you have to hand crank them or push them. And so we have a battery charger that charges up the batteries. And it's not uncommon for the batteries on our, battery, on, our, uh, on our ATVs to drain. And so if you were to go into my garage right now, you would see there's a battery charger. And this battery charger has three settings for charging. One hour, three hour, and 12 hour. And so I can choose how much... I, how strong I want this battery to be, how long I want it to last. And if I really want this last, the battery to last a long time, I'll go for the 12-hour, the 12-hour recovery plan. And I'll let it charge. And, and normally, after I let it charge for a longer period of time, it sustains longer. Yet in the world in which, which we live today, we want the one-hour plan. Boy, if I have the monster, I want it now. I'm good for three hours. So I'm good for one hour. What we need to do is a built-in recovery plan that lets us replenish the stuff that was used up. Jesus did it often. He withdrew, he pulled away, he prayed. What are some recovery mechanisms that we need to implement in our lives? Well, sleep is outright one of the best. It is. It's probably the best recovery mechanism. People a lot smarter than I am, doctors a lot smarter than I am, will tell you that seven to eight hours of sleep is probably the maximum amount of hours that a person needs. Seven is prime. If you get seven hours of sleep, that's a good number. Especially if you have a health plan, if you have an exercise plan, if you have a recovery plan set in place. Seven hours is prime. Eight hours is is probably the most that you need. Some people will tell me this. Well, I, I sleep five hours every night. All I need is five hours. And I think, well, well, that's great. Let me tell you. I can tell you how long that's going to last. If you, your body is designed to sleep longer. And so somehow we say, I only need five hours. You have programmed your body to sleep five hours. But you're probably sluggish. You're probably tired. And you're probably... Now, there are exceptions to that clause. But normal body makeup needs seven, eight hours. Well, I only need five. No, the reason you need five is because you're burning the candles at both ends. And sooner or later, you're going to flatline. When you don't get proper sleep, you don't recover, you don't grow. I love Psalm 127 in verse 2. It says, God grants sleep to those that love him. He grants sleep. Some of us think, I don't have time to sleep. I got to get up tomorrow morning. I got to do this. Yes, you do need to sleep. Yes, you do need proper sleep to recover. God has made our bodies in a fearful and wonderful way. And we need sleep, proper sleep to recover. And don't feel guilty if you sleep eight hours a night. Because someone beside you said, well, I only need five. Well, I'll probably outlive you. Get proper sleep. Now think about it. If you don't have proper sleep and you don't have proper energy, you become an emotional mess. There's no way you could ever outthink anyone. Another way to recover, do activities outside of your normal routine. If you spend all day pushing buttons on a keyboard, don't spend all night Facebooking pushing buttons on a keyboard. Find something outside of your normal routine. 
And you know what that is. For me, I'm a naturalist. I come alive in the wilderness. You get me out in the woods, I could sit there by a stream or by a creek. That's how we say it back east. Sit there all day long and just go to an empty box and sit there. And I could watch birds and listen to animals and watch the stream and leaves go down the, the, the creek and down the water. And I am fueled. You get me on ATV. I could sit out there. You get me on a motorcycle with my wife and we can just ride. That refuels me. You put me on my John Deere lawnmower and let me mow my grass on a Monday. And someone's saying on my day off, I just mow. And it's like for some people that's a chore. You know what it is for me? It refuels me. I can just go there and mow perfect straight lines and no one messes them up. And it's a great thing. That's where my obsessive compulsive behavior comes out too. But I feed that on Mondays. Straight, baby, straight. I don't know what your recovery mechanism is. I love spending time in the woods. It was great yesterday morning with my 11-year-old sitting in a blind as he had his 410 slug and I had my 12-gauge slug and we were waiting for a deer to come by. There's nothing like looking at my son early in the morning with that grin on his face and sharing that father-son time and being in nature and doing that. I love going to my home. My wife makes our home a place of recovery and refreshment. I try to leave everything here at the office purposely because I don't want to take that home. I need a break from what I normally do. And so I go home and Anne has made our home a place of peace and recovery. Wives, that's a great thing you can do for your husbands. I don't know what you're thinking. Maybe it's, maybe it, it's painting. Maybe it's music. But you've got to find something outside of your normal routine that makes you recover. And you've got to plug into it. I know a guy recently just got a solo pilot license. And I said, you need a recovery mechanism. You're gone, gone, gone. And he went and finished up his f- solo license. And on a Friday, there was a text. He said, Jim, go outside and look up. And so I walked out my office and he was flying above the, the, the church. And I scored like this to him. <laughs> I wondered how in the world was he texting all by himself when he was flying though. <laughs> But find something to recover. Your body has learned to recover on its own if you don't have a recovery system or to slow you down. And you know what it does? Here's what your body does. If you don't have a recovery system, the body says, I'll show you. You get headaches. Are you a person who constantly get headaches? You know where headaches are there? It's to slow us down and say, I need to recover. I need to recover. Plug me in. Plug me in. Warning, 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 warning. And yet we plow right, you know what we do? We go to the cupboard and we pull out pills to numb the headache. And our body is saying, no, 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 no. I need rest. No, I got to go. So there's this battle. And so the supermarket and the pharmacy has given us pills to numb the depletion of energy. Well, another way to show the body recovers on its own. You know what it does? Your immune system weakens and you get sick. It's like, man, I just got this cold all the time and the sniffles and I just got this headache and I'm tired. And it's like, it must be work. And then there's people at work right beside you. They're not getting sick. But why do I always get sick? Now, I know there's natural things that happen and, and there's diseases. And I'm, I'm talking about outside of that. Are you a person who's constantly sick and weak and tired? It's your body saying, recover, 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 recover. Or you're just constantly tired. You can't get past seven o'clock in the evening and you're wiped out. Why is that? It's because you don't have a recovery system built into your exercise routine. One of the best ways to live life 
is to properly live your life in sprints and not a marathon mode. Now, this is fascinating because this might make you rethink about what people say. This is written by a doctor, a sports doctor, who goes into businesses and he's a corp- works with corporate athletes, they call them. And this is his view on this. And it's all across. It's not only his, but we often think that in order to recover, we have to live our life like it's a marathon. Listen to this. He says, the conventional wisdom is that the best way to manage the endless demands of our work lives is to assume the mentality of a marathoner, conserving energy in order to stay the course over many years without burning out. In fact, he says, sustained high performance requires the mentality of a sprinter, fully engaging for clearly defined periods of time and then strategically recovering. To live like a sprinter is to break worn down into a series of manageable intervals, fully engaging, then fully recovering. The principle is called oscillation, and it creates a powerful pulse that drives greater efficiency, improved health and happiness, and sustained high performance. Work hard. Give everything you got. Go to school hard. Do this hard. Pull away. Recover. One person said it this way. You need to take brain breaks during the day. I mean, think about work situations. How often do you work at a place and you can't work more than three or four hours and you need to take a break? It's the same principle. And so you need periods of of pulling away and and recovering. You got to go hard. So you can go hard, 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 recover. It's a series of sprints. It's It's the decathlete that's in the Olympics. He competes for like one minute at a time or 30 seconds at a time and he runs hard. You know what he does? He waits for the next event and he recovers. And then he goes back at it hard again. Another thing you can do is to find an end to your work day and your work week. And this is very difficult for those in ministry as it is for those in business and those in school and those mothers specifically. It's difficult to find an end to your day. But you've got to find an end to your work week. You've got to find an end to your day. For me, it ends, my work week ends Sunday at 1.30. It might not this week be the same. <laughs> at 1.30. And so I shut down. I'm off on Mondays. It's like, I, I, I turn on the answer machine at home. Because I need an end to my week. Because the truth be known, there's always work to do. There always is more. And there's always people who want your attention. But my Savior himself withdrew. And so should we. You've got to find an end to the work day. You also must separate work from play. Now listen to me. Work hard. Play hard. Sometimes we feel guilty because we have this, this, this uh, hobby that's where we play hard. And it's like, wow, look at him. He's over there. She's doing that. How come she gets to go fly airplanes? And how come... They're always out throwing balls when I'm in the office doing this. Maybe they learned something. Play hard, work hard. Doc Boyce has often said this to us. He said, our family plays hard and our family works hard. Nutrition is another way to replenish yourself. Oh, you had to go there, didn't you, Jim? Number seven at McDonald's, that's nutritious. (laughs) You see... Probably the best meal you can eat every day is your breakfast, and it's the one that's most skipped. Oh, I'll get a coffee. That'll get me to lunch. And then I'll go to lunch, and I'll eat two burgers because I didn't eat a lunch. 
and then I'll carry on and I'll wait real late to eat supper. And I'll eat supper after six o'clock at night. And after six o'clock at night, my body only has four hours of time to digest this. And so I sleep on a partially full stomach that never gets a chance to digest correctly and never actually breaks down enough. And so I go through this pattern and I wonder why I feel wonderful. Improper nutrition limits you, church. Stop eating fast food every day. One person said use an 80-20 principle. 80% of the time do what's correct. 20% of the time do whatever you want. Stop eating red meat only. Stop eating so much junk food. Poor nutrition drops your metabolism rate. And as you age, you're looking at someone. I know my, my metabolism rate doesn't beat like it used to. And my exercise routine has changed. If you have a routine that you've done for 10 years and nothing's changing, you need to change your exercise routine. Eat fruits, vegetables, nutrition bars, and nuts. Not a late night run to Domino's every night. Another way to recover is drink lots of water. Lots and lots and lots and lots of water. That's the best thing for you. Lots and lots and lots of water. There's nothing wrong with coffee here and there, but if that's all you're drinking, there's nothing wrong with a Diet Coke three times in your lifetime, nothing at all. <laughs> but you must drink clear products, juices and waters and, and, and fill your life because your body is water. Don't drink polluted water. And Diet Coke is polluted water. Pop is polluted water. And so we fill ourselves with this stuff that doesn't help us recover. Drink more water. Our bodies are 70% water. It's saying, I'm dry. I'm a desert. The last six years of my life, more waters. Come on, bring it on. And no, we do. We fill it with junk. Truth be known, you and I are becoming who you are today. Some of you are planning on becoming a heart attack, some of you are planning for a stroke. Some of you are planning for diabetes. Some of you are planning to spend the rest of your life tired, fatigued, being out, sitting at a table and having someone outthink you, outsmart you. Some of you have fallen short of what Christ intended you to be by the choices you're making in the areas of health. Seriously. Some of us might as well say, God, I'm just going to finish my life way below the redemptive potential you created me to be because I love number seven at McDonald's too much. Some of you have been given warnings and the light has just been reading. Low voltage, low voltage, warning, plug in, plug in. Some of you have been given warnings. Your dad died of a heart attack. Your mom had a stroke. Your brother's got diabetes. Your grandfather has this. Your grandmother had that. And you've given all these warnings that are flying at you. You know what you do? You want to repeat the same thing. Listen to me, church. This is important enough. We must have a good health plan in order for us to be the people that Christ intended us to be. That's why 1 Corinthians 10.31 says, Whatever, whether you eat or drink, do it all for the glory of God. You can prevent the problem right now. Even this week, there's people that I know, they, they had a heart attack because of poor health choices. And they were given warnings. We are creatures of habits. 
and you've made every excuse under the sun, and I know you have, and you think, well, I'm too busy. Listen to me. You can make time for what you want to make time for. And that's why 1 Corinthians 6, 19 says, honor God with your body. It's never too late to start either. Do a real evaluation of yourself. Do you have energy because of good health choices? Now, I know there's stuff that comes our way that we have no control over, none whatsoever. I'm just talking about for those of us who who just make poor choices. Are you out of breath running from here? If I ask you to run from here to your car and back, are you an emotional wreck from time to time because you're not emotionally stable because your energy level is weak? Are you constantly negative? Do small things wreck your world? Warning signs. Listen, they're warning signs. Have you said no to something because of your fitness level? Please don't be the next statistic. Your family needs you. Your community needs you. And your God needs you to take the good news of Jesus Christ to a world. Don't shortchange what God intended you to do with your life because of poor health choices. God, help us today, please. This is hard news, God, but some people aren't willing to talk about it. But Lord, this is too important not to address. God, I pray for Grace Community. I pray that we would become people who have a good health plan. God, may we not just leave this building and revert back to the same bad habits we had when we came in. God, help us to see that it's possible for us to live only being limited by our skill and our abilities and not anything else outside of what God chooses to do. So Lord, I pray for these kinks to be removed in the levels of health so that we can be all that Christ intended us to be. Please, Jesus, give us the courage, the fortitude, and may we step through years and years of bad habits and get it right. Please, God, in Jesus' name, amen.